Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 106 is the time here at KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We uh, are into the second hour of the show today. Uh, as we go throughout today's episode of Live Mike, uh, we're, we're going to, from time to time, dip into the goings on on the Senate floor where House managers continue to argue their case to convict. Former President Trump uh, currently on the floor is Representative Nagus, who uh, himself serving as an impeachment manager, has come to the, the floor a number of times to argue various points. Uh, I'll remind you, impeachment managers are getting nearer to the end of their presentations. Uh, let me say, do we have any audio we could dip into and listen to on the floor of the House Uh, I guess we don't uh, at the moment, but when we do, I'll bring you some of what is transpiring. I'm going to give you a a taste of what's happening throughout uh, the day today. Yesterday, if you were listening, we went uh, pretty full, long form, uh, wall to wall uh, coverage of the arguments, the opening argument stages. And uh, as we have been monitoring the case as it has gone on, dipping in from time to time has been the approach tomorrow when the uh, the defense team for the president when they take to the the stand and offer up a defense before the senators of the United States Senate uh, will get a chance to to bring you uh, their argument as well. Those uh, attorneys, Castor and Schoen. Uh, we do have some of that audio now. So here live from the Senate floor is uh, Representative Jonah Goose, impeachment manager. Talking about the facts of this case, that I can assure you. Instead, we expect they will talk about a lot of other speeches, including some given by Democratic officials, and they will insist with indignation that the First Amendment protects all of this as as though it were exactly the same. We trust you to know the difference because you've seen the evidence that we've seen. You've seen, as we've proven over the last three days, that his arguments completely misdescribe the reality of what happened on January 6th. They leave out everything that matters about why we're here and what he did. Because President Trump wasn't just some guy with political opinions who showed up at a rally on January 6th and delivered controversial remarks. He was the President of the United States. And he had spent months, months, using the unique power of that office, of his bully pulpit, to spread that big lie that the election had been stolen, to convince 
So you his get followers. The, you get the gist of the what uh, the impeachment managers are, are now communicating as they uh, work towards concluding their argument there on the Senate floor. We'll, we'll, we'll keep following this, and as uh, additional speakers come to the microphone, we'll give uh, you a chance to hear what they are saying. Uh, one thing I'm curious about. Uh, and you can go back and think about your behavior uh, last year, early last year, during the first Senate trial uh, of President Trump looking to uh, you know, either convict or acquit, ultimately acquit uh, him of the impeachment charges. Uh, how dialed into this have you been? How much of this have you followed uh, wall to wall? I, I, I'm curious for a number of reasons. First, I, I wonder who the actual audience is of these impeachment proceedings. Who is listening, uh, you know, outside of like, I don't know, Washington, D.C. or, I don't know, political science professors or or folks in the news like me, who who is dialed in wall-to-wall? I know the the cable news networks are playing it uh, wall-to-wall. They've gone uh, all in on covering the events uh, on the floor of the Senate. Uh, But I wonder who's watching. Because ultimately my question is, uh, to whom are these impeachment managers, and tomorrow the defense, to whom are they directing their remarks? Now, I, I, I know I know they're talking to the senators who ultimately have the ability to decide uh, you know, whether to convict or acquit. Uh, but who is the real audience? It's probably a safe bet to uh, say, you know, just taking uh, uh, the temperature of the room and uh, looking at comments and how things have gone in the past on other votes, that the Senate will have, or at least the House impeachment managers looking to convict the president, will receive an insufficient number of votes to convict. Therefore, making uh, null the question of whether or not he will be barred from uh, future office, President Trump. So who is being talked to right now? Who is the audience? I don't quite have it figured out. Share with me your thoughts. 57500, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to know uh, what you think. And tell me, too, if you are one who is watching this wall to wall. I'd love to hear your impressions and your thoughts. Uh, but we'll set that aside for a moment. I want to talk to you now. Oh, this is, this is fascinating stuff. I want to talk to you now about uh, a new study which has been co-authored by a sociologist with the University of Utah, a gentleman named Dan Carlson, who... Uh, who in in this report finds that during the course of the pandemic that the share of the housework in the home has uh, been shouldered more so by uh, men, or at least the share uh, undertaken by men uh, in the home has increased during the course of the pandemic. Fascinating stuff. Let me read to, to you from uh, an article you can find on kslnewsradio.com, authored by Madeline Porter, a good friend uh, here at KSL News Radio. She writes, COVID-19 has transformed everything, especially the way things work in the household. A new study conducted by Boston Consulting Group found that working parents are taking on an additional 28 hours a week of household chores and childcare during the pandemic. This consulting group, And their study, again co-authored by that University of Utah sociologist, found that before COVID-19 hit, men spent an average of 25 hours a week week on household chores and women 35. But that during the pandemic, that that has uh, shifted. Now, it's not exactly 50-50, but 
the share of work done, household chores uh, done by men in the home has has increased. And as I as I hear these details uh, and these claims uh, discovered in this study, again authored by a Utah, co-authored by a Utah at the University of Utah, you you wonder if that is true in your own home. Think about that for a second. Uh, one of the points made by uh, the sociologist Dan Carlson is that like gender equity at work, uh, gender equity at home has stalled. Or I'm sorry, unlike gender equity at work, uh, that gender equity at home has stalled. The, the research he conducted shows that couples sharing chores grew by 15 percent and the number uh, sharing child care grew 11 percent. But that it's still a far uh, it's still far from equity. You don't like to talk about the pandemic as an opportunity, but it certainly is a moment that you know provides parents the opportunity to stop and think. And I think, in particular, uh, us dads and husbands gives us an opportunity to stop and think. I, I have, or well, I for the first portion of. The, the pandemic. I did most of my work. As you well know, I complained enough about it. I broadcast from the, the guest bedroom uh, at my home. I have since been allowed to come back into the building. Uh, and but, but one of the things that I, I did notice when I was home is I think, and my wife may argue this, but uh, I, I think I got more involved with the housework. I uh, have since taken upon uh, the, the responsibility of doing the dishes. The dishes are, are, are Lee's job. Uh, and that wasn't something I was doing before the pandemic. Uh, ashamed of that, you know, you got to pull your weight, but I uh, had fallen short. Now, I'm back in the, I'm back at work, you know, so I have my normal routine back, and I have, uh, for the most part, held on to that responsibility of uh, doing the dishes and taking care of little baby Piper when I can. And what I am committed to doing is holding on to that routine. I want to hold on to what I uh, gained, or I want to hold on to the added household responsibilities that I took upon myself, uh, or I just you know observe them as needed, and uh, have done them. Now I've returned back to work, and I continue to do that, and I hope that all that stays the same after the pandemic. And those are the hopes of these researchers. But I want to know how things have gone for you in your home. Have you found that there is a, a shift in the workload, either in the household chores or in child care? We've kind of turned things uh, on their head and backwards here in, in the United States. You know, what used to be one way is now a totally different way, as we have found almost instantly uh, the need for a new way of living and scheduling our lives. Tell me about your experience. Uh, husbands, fathers, have you, like this study suggests, have you taken on uh, more of the duties in the household? And uh, mothers and wives and women, have you seen anything like what this study suggests? Have you noticed that your husband is doing a little bit more? I'll tell you what, if he hasn't, feel free to call in. All, all of you, everyone listening, if you've observed anything like this, uh, call in. And if you haven't, I especially invite you to call in because we'll give you a chance to, uh, to call out your, your, your husband uh, and the father of your children here on the radio program. The number is 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. My wife just texted. She says, you're a modern-day Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you seeing something like that in your home? 801-KSL-TALK. Quick break. Back with your calls. 
on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. 122 is the time in the KSL newsroom. Uh, the topic at hand is a, a fascinating new study that looks at the division of labor in the home. It's co authored by a sociologist with the University of Utah. And in the, fi- in the study, in this report, it shows some fascinating things about how uh, the, a certain imbalance, which has existed in the home for forever, an imbalance between you know who is bearing uh, the majority of the housework, the household chores, and also the child care and home education of the youngsters, has forever been disproportionately placed on the shoulders uh, of mom, of the wife. And in the midst of this pandemic, especially in the earliest days as a survey was conducted of over a thousand uh, couples, there has been uh, a dramatic shift. Now, it's not uh, exactly 50-50, but this study co-authored by, uh, again, Carlson, this uh, Dan Carlson with the University of Utah, it found that among uh, a thousand or so parents surveyed, the number of couples sharing housework equally grew from 26 to 41 percent, 26 percent to 41 percent. Now, uh, it ought to be uh, it ought to be 100 percent. Right. You, you want uh, parents to be reporting, you know, in the spirit of fairness. And I say I say this as, uh, you know, a husband and a father myself. Uh, we ought to be sharing the, the burden equally in the home. Uh, but uh, this progress is is remarkable. So before uh, the pandemic struck, it was about 26 percent of parents surveyed saying that, yeah, in our home, uh, things are split pretty equally. In the midst of the pandemic, 41 percent, 41 percent. We got to get to 100. But what accounts for that? And are you observing the same change in your home? Is uh, dad taking on more of the household chores, uh, doing the dishes and the laundry and the vacuuming and the sweeping. Hmm? What do you think? Uh, I'd love to hear your experiences. I'd love to hear your observations. I'd love to know uh, what you have gone through or seen in your own home. Uh, moms and wives, please c- come uh, give a report on your husbands and the father of your children. Please, I want to know uh, how they're doing. 575-8255 is the number, 801-KSL-TALK. Uh, listen, sing their praises uh, or sing their ills. Whatever you want to share, uh, you are welcome to do so. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. Have you seen this uh, in your own house or not? Have you seen a move towards a more equally shared workload uh, in the home when it comes to chores, as has been observed in this uh, study co-authored by uh, a Utah. Uh, so we'll, uh, I'll let the phones load up. And in the meantime, uh, let's shift our attention back to uh, the floor of the United States Senate for a, a moment here. Uh, the reason we keep going back is that the, it's, it's likely that the House managers are coming to the, the very end of their arguments. Speaking right now is lead impeachment manager, Representative uh, Jamie Raskin uh, of Maryland, uh, let's dip in and listen to what Representative Raskin has to say for a moment. And equal production rights that millions of Americans exercised when they voted last year, often under extraordinarily difficult and arduous circumstances. Remember, the First Amendment protects the right of the people to speak about the great issues of our day, to debate during elections, and then 
to participate in politics by selecting the people who will be our leaders. And remember, in American democracy, those of us who aspire and attain to public office are nothing but the servants of the people. Nothing. Not the masters of the people. We have no kings here. We have no czars. Here the people govern, President Ford said. The people. Most important words of the Constitution are the first three. We the people. But all this, all this means little if a president who dislikes the election results can incite violence to try to replace and usurp the will of the people, as expressed in the states. Ignore the judicial branch of government and then run over the legislative branch of government with a mob. President Trump's high crimes and misdemeanors Sought to nullify All right, so there, uh, again, is a, the a taste of what's taking place on the floor of the, of the uh, Senate. The, the reason the program is going to sound pretty disjointed today is because uh, we are getting to the very end of the time allotted to the impeachment managers. And as we get to the final word, I want to make sure that uh, you and we together are able to hear from them. So you might find us talking about one thing one moment and then in an instant turning on our heels and going to Washington, D.C. live, as we have done here today in the midst of our conversation about sharing the workload in the home. We have just a a couple minutes before we need to go to break. Uh, and we have on the line Shahab from uh, Midvale. Shahab, welcome to the program. Tell me, tell me about your experience in your home during this pandemic. Uh, you know, my wife is a stay-at-home mom, and uh, so she she takes care of a lot of this stuff in the home. Um, and you know, I've been at work, and I've been lucky enough not to uh, not to have my work impacted. But we we tend to split. We're, I try to keep her away from the things that I don't think, you know, that my wife should have to deal with normally. Like, our split is where I take care of, uh, and it's, it's, I take care of the toilets, litter, garbage, anything that has to do with waste okay. is kind of, is our split. And that her split is basically everything else. And she raises our kids, like, I play with them and, and do, like, homework, but she does most of it. So I feel like she's got the majority of the burden, the burden to be honest. Yeah. Uh, have you have you felt any impact during the pandemic at all? Or you, you mentioned you've been able to stay in the workplace. Any uh, anything else uh, I- impact the division of that labor at all? Uh, you know, the the hardest part I think has been handling you know kids at home. I mean that's been it's been the hardest thing to have kids. You know, our kids are at school now. We're in the Canyon School District, so luckily we're we're back at school. But the hardest dealing with kids that many hours and then trying to give her a break yeah so that you know she keeps her sanity i think we're losing our connection there and that's too bad shahab you still on the line yes sorry sorry, no that's all right uh uh, listen i got about 30 seconds left you got any advice for the rest of us looking to to keep things even and peaceful yeah i would say uh, do whatever you can to keep your your spouse happy right like if you can if you can see them uh, you know mentally getting overburdened with handling the kids i would say you know do your best and 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 the other thing is do what i do take care of all the waste in the trash i'm telling you that's stressful yeah. all right. <laughs> you have to deal with kids yeah all right uh listen shahab thank you so much for the call <coughs> thanks for listening we're gonna take a, a break right now get a little bit of new sorry i got something down my throat i'm about to ready to cough here <coughs> excuse me 
Uh, quick break. That's embarrassing. Quick break. And when we return, we'll be speaking with U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah, John Huber, a frequent guest of this program and a frequent, frequent occupant of these airwaves. Uh, he just yesterday submitted to President Joe Biden a letter of resignation upon the request of the White House and the Attorney General. Uh, he has had an interesting career, though, being appointed both by President Obama as well as President Trump, the only U.S. attorney uh, to make to be able to make that claim. He'll speak to us next about the next chapter of his career. John Huber, U.S. attorney, on Live Mike next, here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.